Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now, here's your host, Randy Boyd. Well, greetings and uh, welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously. Uh, today I'm going to talk about, is it a disease or a choice? A disease or a choice? And, I, and there's a lot of controversy, I think, around this, this subject. A lot of medical professionals... Probably just as many don't, but a lot of medical professionals feel it's a disease. A lot of psychologists feel it's a disease. A lot of psychiatrists feel that it's a disease. And the reality is, I'm probably going to upset a lot of people right now, that it's not a disease. It's a choice. And I got a couple case and points that I can share with you. And uh, I'm doing this this morning. It's an extra podcast. I only do one a week usually, but... Because we've had something come up, my wife and I, we can't, we, we, we counsel a lot of people. Some people have been married for a while. Some people, it's marriage counseling. And we make sure that we cover all the bases we can. So a lot of these topics will come up in conversation. And inevitably, we're going to have to discuss them before we'll participate in marrying them. It's just the right thing to do. Um, 
the choice. You know, I made a choice. It wasn't a disease that told me I had to pick up and drink and use. I knew better than to do that. I was raised in a Christian family, albeit a very toxic Christian household. I don't even call it a family. Where a lot of abuse was taking place, and I was the, the receiver of that abuse. And the reason that I picked up and used is because I just wanted to feel I wanted to feel accepted. I wanted to be a part of. You know, I've talked to some of the gang members that are have straightened their life out, and, I, and I've, I've asked these questions purposely because I need to educate myself. Is that why did you join the gang? Sometimes they can't think about it. Sometimes they'll they'll come up with different stuff. Sometimes I'll get curious and ask questions. But inevitably, they join a game because it was family. A family they didn't have at their house. Absentee fathers. So they choose. They choose to join the game. We choose to pick up a drink and use it. And drink it. Or a drug and use it. It's a choice. And eventually, that choice that we might make um, as a way to feel better about ourselves or feel accepted or be a part of whatever it might be, for some, they walk away from it right away. This isn't for me and I don't need to be a part of this. Experiment, which a lot of kids will do. But for a lot of others, a whole lot of others. If you think of one in four boys and one in three girls are, are sexually abused before the age of 18, there's a lot of shame that's attached to that. A lot of escaping that needs to be done. And sometimes the only escaping we can do is to pick up that drug or alcohol. So is it a disease or is it a choice? And I'm going to say again, it's a choice. Now, eventually I do believe that the drug or the alcohol does grab a hold of you. It controls everything about you. And my belief is the choice is a, the choice is enhanced by an evil spirit within us. If you want to, and some of you might, might cringe on this, if that's your choice, that's okay. Just be open-minded. There's only one thing that the enemy, the devil, the Satan, the dark side, whatever you, whatever you choose to call that dark side, there's only one thing that 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 side of us knows and that's our past it, and, and, and he knows it very very well and so he'll use that against us to keep us in a victim mentality or a victim mode sometimes for years some people will commit murder because of it some people will never get over it because they're unwilling to do the work and that work is difficult. It's not easy. I know. I, I've done a lot of it myself. It's a choice I have to make every day. If I decided to drink or use today or go have another affair, it's not a disease. That's, that has nothing to do with a disease. That has to do with the choice that I made. I chose, if I did this, it would be my choice to go to the bar and have a drink and then keep it a secret. So, and I'm a victim of, of uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a victim any longer. Um, 
I was a victim for 38 years of what had happened to me in my past, the shame that was attached to it. There's a whole lot. And you can read my book, Healing the Wounded Child Within, and you'll get a good glance at my journey, both what it was like, what I did, and what it's like now. But in our counseling sessions, my wife and I do, and the reason I'm doing this today is because we had something, we've been counseling this couple now, um, I would say for six months, getting them ready for marriage, and they've been doing really well. The only issue is, is that, and I'm not going to mention names, they, that doesn't need to be done. But the male counterpart used to be a meth head. Now, what I'm going to say, this, this happens, I see this happening all the time, what I'm about to explain. So he quit meth, but he started drinking. And I've talked to a lot of people, and I've heard from a lot of people that, well, at least I'm not doing meth, I'm just drinking, how bad can that be? Well, I told this individual when I found out that he was still drinking. And I, at first, I didn't say nothing because it, it just was, it didn't seem like it was affecting him. Although I knew deep inside exactly what was going to happen. And if I got to the point to where his drinking kind of got to be a problem between him and his fiance. And at that point, I mentioned it to him. I said, listen to me, and I want you to hear me loud and clear. And I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. For you that, for you that are listening, this is fact based on experience. This is fact based on a, a lot of data that's come out. I told him, you keep drinking. You will relapse on your drug of choice, which is meth. And lo and behold, he did that. A couple months ago, he did it. He lied to his fiance. She found out. She had the grace to say, let's get this worked out. I want, I want to help you through this. She has her own issues that she's working with. Commendable. Okay, great. Well, he relapsed again. And he called me Christmas morning to tell me he did so. And, you know, when people relapse, it's like, okay, well, let's figure out why. It's time to sit down. It's time to start doing the hard work. And so when we met with them as a couple, and it wasn't about their marriage at this point in time. It wasn't, it wasn't marriage counseling. They're not, they're not married. It wasn't about the marriage counseling at this point. At this point, it was about the choices he was making to keep on picking up the meth pipe. As I told him he would do in a very loving way a couple months ago. Alcoholics, on the other hand, just as a side note, a lot of alcoholics do what they call marijuana maintenance. At least I'm not drinking. I want you to understand this. The only sobriety is absolute 100% abstinence. There are a lot of you out there that are going to disagree. Say, Randy, you're a jerk. I can't believe you're saying this. I mean, I've heard it all. The reality is, sobriety equals 100% abstinence from all mind-altering substance, 
other than those psychotropic meds that are prescribed by a recovery psychiatrist to help you work through some of the difficult situations that you come into when you first start your journey to recovery. Those, in many cases, are very much needed to help you come back to a place or to help you to come back to a place of being level-headed enough so you can work through all this. I was on them for several years. I'm down to just two right now that are non-therapeutic doses. I no longer have depression. I no longer have anxiety. Do I get sad a lot? Yeah. My anxiety that comes up, I create myself. Sobriety, 100% is abstinence from any mind-altering substance. Period. Sobriety does not equal recovery. You need to understand that. You don't drink. Anybody can be sober. Just don't use any mind-altering substances. I did it for a year and a half, and I became a complete jerk during that year and a half. When I did my timeline at Betty Ford, it was quite evident. So last night, we spent a lot of time talking about the choices this person was making, talking about the realities of addiction and the realities of what it can do to your life. And the realities, as Dr. Gavar Mate says, it's not why the addiction, it's why the pain. And addiction always stems from the pain of unresolved childhood trauma or other, some other kind of trauma in your life. Always. Why? Think about it. It's an escape from the pain and the emotions you might be feeling. So, we spent a couple hours with him, lovingly, and very truthfully explaining the realities of what can happen if this person continues on the path that he is on. Beyonce was sitting right there. All she wants for him is she's willing to, she's got to take care of herself through this whole process. He has to make his own choice. I cannot, nor can anybody, tell him what he has to do. When it comes down to recovery and sobriety, only the person that is dealing with the addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, pornography, um, codependency, overspending, gambling, overeat, whatever it is, they have to make the choice that they're willing to take this journey. And this journey can be very painful emotionally for a period of time. I've always said, we have to walk through the pain and the shame of our past, of our trauma, of our hurts, one more time in order to heal from them. Why, Randy? Because we've been avoiding them for so many years. So as we closed last night, my wife, she's a, she's a powerful prayer warrior. She said a prayer for both of them, prayer for all of us that, that's involved in this. And I gave him some paperwork. I gave him a devotional. Sent her home with him. I said, Think about it. You do what you have to do, what you feel is best for you. 
you see what you're facing and you see what you're looking at to lose if you continue down the path you're on. So it's up to you. The ball's in your court. I know she made a choice. She's going to start working with my wife quite often to work on her issues. And as they left, we got a phone call this morning. As they left, as they left, she noticed she was really quiet. She was, what's going on? Well, I think I just want to go have a beer. Hmm. Well, she, as she said, that's not what I like to see you do, but if that's what you want to do, I guess you're going to do it. Correct answer. She can't make him do anything. He doesn't see the correlation between the drugs and the alcohol. I gave him a 24-hour devotional from AA. This is all about AA. No, it's not. And, and I'm, I'm going to re, I'm going to re, probably repost and do another podcast on the realities of Alcoholics Anonymous. The founders of all, Bill and Bob, are the founders of all the steps in every recovery program, and how they were written, and the purpose they were written for, and the God that they are talking about. God Yahshua, God the Father, not God the palm tree. I've never seen a palm tree get you out of trouble. I've never seen a rock get you out of trouble. Oh, you're being judgmental, Randy. Well, maybe I am, and rightfully so, because that's not God. And I know everything that I turn to besides God the Father never got me out of trouble. So he decided, and he made the choice, the choice to continue on his path of addiction and leave his fiancée. Sad, really sad. But it is what it is. So is it a disease or is it a choice? It's a choice. He is making the choice. Once you're offered another way out, you can no longer blame your addiction on your past. Because now you're, now you're choosing, rather than diving into recovery, rather than picking up the phone and calling somebody that can understand you, that's been in your shoes and can help you through whatever you're going through, that's one choice. But he's making the choice to continue down the path of addiction. It's not a disease. That's a choice. We have another couple we've been working with for probably a year and a half. They're married. They've been married. Both of them are great people. His, both of them had extreme control issues. Extreme control issues. Both of them. I would say at start, the wife was probably worse than the husband. But as the journey has continued, the husband seems right now to have the worst of the control problems. The wife has made the choice to really dive into recovery work on her part so that she can become a better person for herself, a better wife to her husband. And she's doing a great job. 
The husband, on the other fa- on the other hand, is making the choice to stay where he's at. All he's got to do is continue with the work, and he, and and he's like like I used to do. I'm sorry, it won't happen again, and it happens again. His intentions are great. They're well-meaning intentions. I mean, when my when my mentor told me that when I first got in recovery, it took the weight of the world off my shoulders because I wasn't lying. I just couldn't follow through with it because I was afraid. I was afraid. I didn't want to face the pain and the shame. Their their marriage right now is about ready to explode. It's been very explosive as of lately. Mostly on his part, because he chooses to stay where he's at. Codependency is an addiction. It's actually an addiction that's probably worse than heroin or any other mind-altering substance out there. It'll probably, it will kill you emotionally and spiritually faster than any drug will. Believe me. So, is it a disease or is it a choice? You're going to believe what you want to believe. But to me, it's always been a choice. Nobody, nobody came to me breaking my arm says, you need to get help, you need to get in recovery. Not one person told me that. I made the choice. I can't live like this any longer. And I'm willing to go to any length, to any length, to do whatever I got to do to have a better life. To become a better husband, a better father. And what I know today, a better grandfather, because I'm now a grandfather. And sometimes the choice I had to make on a daily basis was hard, because recovery is not easy. But if you want a better life, Recovery, true recovery, true abstinence, sobriety will give that to you if you're willing to do the hard work. I can promise you that. I was told when I walked into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous in 2006, Randy, whatever you want in life, you can have. As long as you do not pick up or use. Whatever you want in life, you can have. And that's come true. I've had a lot of things in life. I've had a, a lot of good things in life. True, I struggle. I don't want to paint it as a rosy picture all the time. But probably the most important factor in my life is my family that I have back. That I could have lost. And that if I chose to pick up, if I chose to act inappropriately around my wife, I would probably lose it. But I'm not going to make that choice. Do I struggle? Yeah, I'm struggling in a lot of ways right now. In a lot of ways I'm struggling. And I'm working through it. I'm not avoiding it. I'm not going over it because you can't get over it. I'm not going around it because all that does no good. People call me all the time, Randy, I don't know how to deal with these emotions and these feelings. Legitimate. My answer is, sit with them. They're not going to hurt you. You don't know how to deal with them because you've never learned how to deal with them. I, I, I understand the pain. 
I understand the fear. I've experienced it. But please, make a choice every day when you roll out of bed. If nothing else, say, God, help me to make the right choice for me and my family today not to pick up or use any mind-altering substance. Give me the courage to change the behaviors that I need to change. And know this, you can't do it alone. Because both these scenarios that I'm talking about, the husbands are doing it alone and it's not working for them. It's funny, I, I never, but working with the people that my wife and I work with, and, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm looking at the couples, right? In, in most cases, right, it's the wife that really excels. They struggle at first, but eventually they're the ones that get it. They're the ones that will reach out. There are the men that do as well, but it's mostly the women. And then when the, when the man, the husband, is willing to do the work, as is several of our couples, both of them are doing work, their life, their marriage is beyond their wildest expectations. Again, is it perfect? No, that's, that's a fallacy. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. But you want a better life? It's time to get real. It's time to get really honest with yourself. And I'll close with this little statement. Actually, I got a couple of them I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say. Oftentimes when I'm talking to people and they say, well, I've been abused too. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But I'm, I'm over it. I've dealt with it. I go, oh, what'd you do to do, did you, what did you do to deal with it? Well, you know, I, I talked to a, a friend of mine, or I talked to a pastor, or, um, you know, I, I talked to somebody about it. Oh, oh, did you do any deep inner healing work? No, I'm, I, I dealt with it. I'm fine. And what I'm going to say only, only applies to me. 100% of those people that have, told, that have told me that, that I've dealt with personally one-on-one, have done one of three things. They've either relapsed on their drug of choice, whether it's uh, alcohol, some kind of drug, codependency, pornography, overeating, gambling, over wh whatever it is. They've relapsed. They've attempted suicide and or committed suicide. That's a fact. Dealing with it is not healing it. You need to understand that. You have to work through it. And I'm not, I won't, this other thing I was going to say doesn't really pertain to what I'm talking about right now, so I'm not going to say it. But anyways, it's just, this was on my heart this morning. We got a phone call this morning. I figured it's, it's, it's time to finally say something and speak out about this. All I know is this, is that in the Bible, paraphrasing, it says that if 
I know a brother is sinning, and I don't say anything about it. I'm just as guilty for committing the sin as my brother. And there comes a point in time where you hear some people say, it's none of your business, Randy. Wrong, and that scripture, that, that, that scripture proves it. There comes a point in time when you have to say something. I'm not going to stand by and watch somebody destroy their life when I have the truth inside of me that I can give to them. No, they're not me. But they're a child of God just like I am. They're, they've gone through addiction just like I have. And I know some of this person's story, and it's, it's tragic. He's never dealt with it. So, with that, if you want, you can check out more of what I do. You can check out our, our Courageous Healers Foundation at CourageousHealers.org. We help men, women, and their families heal from the wounds of sexual abuse. You can also check out my life coaching page, uh, changeyourlifestorynow.com, changeyourlifestorynow.com. If you want to set something up, conversation with me, whatever you want to do, there's a contact form on both those web pages. Please just fill it out, send it to me, and I usually get back to you within an hour or two of receiving the email. You can also get my books, uh, Healing the Wounded Child Within. That is on Amazon, paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. 30-Day Devotional to Wholeness. That is also on, um, on Amazon, and Kindle, and paperback. And my 7-Day Challenge workbook that goes with my Healing the Wounded Child book um, is on Amazon, too, just in paperback. You can also find those books on my webpage. You just, there's a link there. You can go right to the to the, the, the Amazon to purchase them, as well as um, Melissa uh, Kavanaugh's book. Please write back. It's a great little short read, but very powerful. Um, Ted De Ted Decker's The Forgotten Way, which if you're struggling spiritually, this is a great book for spiritual recovery and workbook and um, there's one other book and I'm sorry I don't have it right in front of me um, and, ha and it's on sexual abuse recovery as well they're all on my webpage uh, you can check them all out and order them right from my webpage or go to Amazon and get either any of those as well so remember this nobody tells you they love you today Randy does everybody be blessed and have a super, super good day, morning, evening, wherever you might be when you hear this podcast. Talk to you all later. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play.
If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does.